Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative podcast. I'm Jason Evans, and with me is the incomparable Kyler Clapp and the one and only oh, wow. Kyle Lee. How's it going, everybody? Incomparable. I'm, I'm googling the word incomparable. <laughs> I always say in, I always say incomparable. Incomparable. Sorry, the incomparable kind of. Well, I don't think I. I I think I say it incorrectly. Oh, okay. I am unparalleled. Unparalleled. See, you're you're unparalleled. Kyle's the one and only. Even though even though on this podcast we found out you're not the one and only Kyle Lee. So it's kind of a letdown. That's true. But hey, it is a letdown. Mm. I'm not. I'm not even the. Only Kyle Lee in the metro area. Man. That's a teacher. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No way. <laughs> Man. Okay. <laughs> got to kind of find a new intro for you, I guess. <laughs> but, I know. Just the just the one of one of many Kyle Lees. One of many. Well, uh, you you are near and dear to our heart, Kyle. You are the one and only for us. So, uh, oh, he just he just disappeared. His I'm here. Gone. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, it's, it's been a couple weeks since we've we've been together via Zoom, and uh, you know, a lot of what times this this makes me feel like the summer. Whenever we were doing this every week, just meeting via Zoom, doing our own thing. How are you guys doing? I'm glad I'm not in my mom's laundry room. Oh, you do have a little more space in your office, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm great. I got a lot more going on than I did this summer, though. So, yep. <laughs> Yeah, with school going on, kids and their snotty noses and uh, what masks, all that kind of stuff. How's that going for you? Masks, masks all the time. I got this nice uh, 2003 punk rock mask. Hey, so. sweet. <laughs> to match, I don't even. I don't even have checkered vans. I'm not cool enough to have the checkered vans, but. <laughs> but hey, at know, least you've like got the checkered mask. I'm pretty much newfound glory with this mask on. So. <laughs> Newfound Glory, man. Oh, such a good uh Sticks and Stones, Newfound Glory, two thousand two. <laughs> Bless up. Oh wow. One of my favorite albums ever. That's a coming of age album five. for me. Yeah, Kyler, do you have any idea? New Newfound Glory? Uh, no. Okay. Like I said, coming, I, was, I was five. <laughs> a coming of age <laughs> album. Oh my god. Oh, so good. The syncopation. I mean, say what you will about the punk rock of the early 2000s, but man, some of those, some of that syncopation was just next level. Yeah. I mean, they had it together. A lot of them did, at least. I uh, uh, went down a rabbit hole and watched uh, the movie Clueless from 1995 or 96. Uh, just last week, and have either of you guys wow. seen it? Have you guys seen it? Yes. Okay. Wow. No. You've never seen it, Kyle? Well, it's a, it was one of those Negative. movies. Uh, growing up, I had a sister four years older than me, and we had no cable, lived in the country, and so VHS tapes were our gateway to the world. And uh, we probably watched that movie 300, 400 times uh, back, in, back in those days. So I hadn't seen it in probably 15 years. It still holds up really well i'm i'm actually uh, impressed i had but, a similar similar experience growing up it was the buttercream gang though. yeah um, <laughs> yeah i had uh very uh very uh understanding parents 
Um, there were things we couldn't watch, but there were a lot of things that we were we were allowed to watch. So we watched the buttercream game too, though. So you know, we had the full full gamut. But but what it led me down was a rabbit hole of like mid '90s music. Um, and man, yeah, it's pretty good. It it definitely took me back. So I, mm. I told. Well, no, it is. There's some good music out there. Uh, like what? If you say Dave Matthews Band, then <laughs> no, no This DMB. podcast is over. <laughs> You're not a fan of the Dave. His friends call him oh, Dave. Oh my goodness. You know? The Dave. <laughs> no, Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews. It's like I don't know. It doesn't even like everyone. Just play whatever you want, and we'll we'll just put it together and post. Yeah. It is just. It's horrible. Hootie and the Blowfish. Horrible. <laughs> Uh, what about uh, on the this the Clueless soundtrack, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? There was a nice little ska infusion there. You remember those days? I'm not a ska guy, <laughs> you know. And um, why does every ska band have the word tones in their in their I think name? You have to. I think it's just required. You know, I I just love that we've lost Kyler in this conversation. <laughs> I, re- Listen, I watched OC- a movie, just not. I'm, I've heard lots of '90s music, but I can't tell you what is what. Well, that's all right. The OC Supertones, the OC Supertones ruined a Reliant K concert for me, so there's no recovering <laughs> for ska. Like ska's dead to me. Who who opened for who? Because I actually went to two shows. One where Reliant K opened, and the other where Supertones opened. It was Supertones opened, and they stayed out there for 45 minutes too long. So okay. Reliant K's set was like cut like an hour short. Like they said that? And like, I, sorry, guys. Yeah. Wow. Pretty much. Mm. How about that? But and it's a weird, yeah. Then Ethan Luck was in the Supertones and he ended up being the drummer for Reliant K. Yeah. Guitar player for De- Demon Hunter. You know how it yeah, goes. Yeah, he made the rounds for sure. Uh, after the Supertones, uh, they could not strike hey, if, back anymore. <laughs> if you guys are into... <laughs> that era of music. So do you, Jesse Carey from the Relevant Podcast, he started his own podcast called List It. And it's basically just a listicle version of a podcast. Okay. And so he, he brings a guest on every week and they basically bring their top five um, random things about pop culture. And they argue, like they're supposed to argue and make their case for them. Okay. And like he basically wanted to make arguing like fun again, like without it being like, oh, you suck and I hate you. Yeah. It's just like he's done one top five uh, Christopher Nolan movies, but he did one with uh, an ESPN uh, writer and a show host about top five uh, tooth and nail bands. Okay. And so wow. it's a pretty interesting one. Yeah. I may have to check that out. What's it called? List it. List it. Okay. And so like they they argue about things that don't matter at all, which is it makes it fun to listen to. Well, I'm glad. And so you, it's not arguing about politics, yeah. not arguing about religion, yeah, it's not arguing about coronavirus. Stuff. It's just pop culture. Christopher Nolan movies, um, best football TV shows or movies with Sam Acho. He argued with him. Okay, cool. Um, it was it's pretty good. Pretty good new podcast. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good segue into uh, our segment in our podcast top three. Um, which is way better than a top five where people argue over it. Yeah. Ha ha. I love our theme song. It changes every week. <laughs> it's moody. It's moody. Well, Kyler, uh, this week you were there. This week you were tasked with bringing our top three. So uh, let's have at it. Top three pet peeves. Wow. That wow. was good. That was good. What? What? Say that one more time. 
top three pet peeves. Top three pet peeves. Wow. I was going to do mm. 80s movies, but... Eh. Ugh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> top three pet peeves. Um, man, this is going to be a tough one. Kyle, do you have any? Mm, I have got so many pet peeves that I don't know if I could ever... <laughs> Um, uneven fingernails is a pretty high win okay. for me. Ooh, yeah. And uh, like, so if you, if you want to grow your nails out, I mean, it's fine by you. It's disgusting, but it's fine. Like that's your choice. Um, but when I see fingernails that are uneven, like, no, we're not doing that. Okay. Okay. Clip them all Just at the same time. Just whip out your nail clippers and you're like, not today. Listen, <laughs> clip, clip them all at the same time. All right. Wow. Um, there's none of this like, oh, I'm just going to clip this one today. Who does that? No. <laughs> People do that. Mm. And so, uh, yeah. let's see. Yeah. Uneven fingernails. Let's see. What else? It's just a really weird one. Not smacking, but loud chewing. Where like you can um, almost like hear them breathing through their food type of thing. You can hear like their teeth like hitting. Wow. Like, oh, never experienced that. Yeah, that because I'm the smacker, so <laughs> so you don't hear anything, else. <laughs> so I can't hear like anyone. The the smacking doesn't bother me as much as like the munching and crunching, like, and even and and it's not like it's a pet peeve, but it's not. I'm not talking about when people are like with their mouth open. It's like they've got their mouth closed. There's nothing. There's no way they could change it. They're just chewing. But you can their hear their teeth. How all, you can hear their teeth. You like can hear their teeth hitting, and it's just like crunching so loud, and I'm just. <laughs> and just, so, uh, so that'll that, that would couple with that would couple with one of my others is when someone is eating while talking to me on the phone. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> and you know, my passive aggressive way, I'm just like, "Oh, what are you eating?" <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe there's three. I guess that's three. What's I, what was it? Fingernails. I said loud chomping and then eating, eating while, while talking, talking on the phone. phone. Man, this is a tough one, Kyler. Um, Good. I mean, if I need to rattle off some more, I can. <laughs> well, I just okay, there aren't you. there aren't a ton of things that like annoy me. Like what I would consider a real like pet peeve. Um, I have compulsions about certain things, like when people slurp, you know. <sighs> <in the microphone. laughs> um, so you didn't listen to Kyle's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a hard time with that one. Plus, uh, slurp plus, sounds gonna make a plus, resurgence. He never had me on the show; like I was never a guest. So he kept he kept saying, Look, corona- "Well, now we know why." Yeah, <laughs> corona coronavirus hit slurp sound pretty hard, guys. It just shuttered production. Yeah, uh, was... all our ad revenue went through the floor. Man, um, hmm. Okay, three pet peeves. Uh, one thing that, like, like I said, it, I lean more like it's a compulsion, like an OCD thing, but it does bug me. Is I cannot stand uh, dishes in a sink. Um, so, like at our house, if there are dishes in the sink, like I immediately will put them in the dishwasher. I'll put them away or whatever. But it's so bad that if I even go to somebody's house. And like there are dishes in a sink. Like if I've got nothing to do, I'm not weird about it. But if I happen to be in the kitchen, like and I'm washing my own cup or my own plate, I'll go ahead and wash the rest of them and get them out of the sink. So um, that is weird, and it reminds me of another pet peeve of mine. Okay, go. Is <laughs> whenever um, someone's done with their plate and they just go and they set it by the sink mm. with all the food and everything on it. 
instead of scraping it off yeah. into the trash can and setting the plate in the sink. <laughs> setting a bowl of cereal with milk and the last few pieces of cereal just in the sink with the milk and the cereal in it? No. First of all, drink the milk. Yeah, definitely. And then put the bowl in, rinse the bowl. Yeah. So that's that's one. I'm, man, I'm, this, is, this is a tough one, Kyler. I'm really struggling on this one. I know mine right um, off the bat. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not keen on uh, uber passive aggressive people. Um, I would rather, you know, if you've got an issue or if there's something you're not sure of, I'd rather you just let's talk about it. Let's be forthright with it. Um, but um, so I guess passive aggressiveness is a pet peeve. And man, I don't know. Uh, People who ask questions during movies, like in a movie theater, when you can hear people ask questions, that that bugs me. I'm just like, watch the movie. We're all here together. None of us have seen it. You know, what do you think he knows? No one knows the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my mom. Oh, love you, mom. <laughs> all right, Kyler, what are yours? Was that three? That was three. So dishes. Passive aggressiveness. Talkers. Passive question talking and askers in movies. Um, mine is being on your phone during movies or church and that's just ever literally all my friends that are my age love them to death no matter how bad they want to see the movie at some point they're yeah. on their phones now is that theater and or sh- home like anywhere um normally not the theater but no i, I mean, mean it bugs you at theater or home like oh yeah time. or yeah either okay. or yeah okay. yeah Talking during movies doesn't bother me. I'm the one that's talking. I'm commentating the whole movie. Okay. Um, second one, oh, hiccups. When people have hiccups. That's a pet Like piece. my roommate. Yeah, yeah. My roommate the other day, she had hiccups while she was driving, and it took everything in me not to just, like, punch her in the sternum. <laughs> <laughs> but she can't help that. Yeah, but they just make them go away. <laughs> so I tried to scare her, and it didn't work. While she I get was it. That's, I mean, that's like the chewing one. There's nothing they can do about it. It right. just happens. But that that doesn't make it any better. It's <laughs> no, not my it fault. I don't like it. Um, first one is it's been my pet peeve since I knew what it was. But it is when girls or a girl and a guy is together, and the girl is taller than the guy. Wow. I cannot stand it. <laughs> wow. Those are a lot of things people can't help, Kyler. <laughs> <laughs> hiccups and height love no what are you gonna yeah, do love knows love knows no height so there's no um, height nor depth well so if you're watching too bad i'm human if you're watching one of these shows like the bachelor or what's the other one you watch love island what's not the, anymore oh not anymore well but so if you see two people she's taller than him you're like out absolutely not that's why i don't watch red carpets anymore Oh, because, because it'll ruin all the, guy, guys the girls Hollywood that the guys. Short. Yes, every single one of them, and of course, their model girlfriends wearing like six-inch heels, so he looks like her son, and it's just wrong. <laughs> it's just very wow. wrong. Wow, those are some legit pet peeves. So, yeah, 
I think, uh, wow. 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 What a great top three, Kyler. Thank you for that. Yeah, we love positivity. Yeah, positivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, speaking of positivity, let's let's go ahead and dive into what we're going to talk about today. You know, we don't have a guest. And um, Kyler, you, you uh, much like you brought the top three, you also brought this to our attention and asked us to watch the documentary, The Social uh, Dilemma. No, 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 no. I had already seen it. Well, Let me be a hipster. Wow. and Wow. Uh, Wow. You can be a hipster. That's fine. Regardless of if we oh, had she's seen already, That's a pet not. peeve of hers. <laughs> pet peeve of hers right now. I just pet peeved her. Re- re- I peeved her. Regardless of if we have seen it or not, uh, Kyler brought it to our you just attention got peeved. to watch it so we could talk about it. <laughs> oh, man, the chaos. The you chaos. just got peeved. <laughs> you just got peeved. <laughs> oh. We need to, this is why we need our roadcaster so we can have that sound effect. And so anytime it happens, yes. we just hit the button. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, Kyler. Hey, can I talk about an, an, an anti pet peeve? This is like, this will make that you me. you like? <laughs> well, it's just like, I, I respect, so much respect for someone for no reason is whenever someone has a 0.0 sticker on the back of their car. <laughs> that. That gives me so much respect for them because I guess you would say a pet peeve of mine is a, a marathon, marathon sticker stickers. on the back. Of, and the 0.0 every single time, no matter, I could see it 20 times a day and every single time it like brings joy to my heart to see <laughs> I, on someone's I car. didn't know what those were till like two years ago when I ran a 5K for the first time. Yeah. So I would just see yeah. these number stickers. I'm like, oh, good for you. You're 13.1 place. Well, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, it's so good. Zero point zero. Okay, well, that's a that's a good Anyways, non, non-pet peeve. But uh, I just wanted to add some positivity into the. There's some positivity. Well, Kyler, I was taking a drink. Okay. Um, well, I Kyler, can't fit it on camera. Yeah, the the hundred ouncer right there. Oh my there. goodness. Well, Kyler, uh, you you did bring to our attention whether we had watched it or not. Uh, you said you wanted to talk about the documentary, The Social Dilemma on the podcast and um why don't you th- just take over the floor is yours uh what, what's the big deal about it social dilemma i wasn't going to watch it um until my roommate and one of my good friends suggested um to do it and originally i thought it was just one of those like documentaries that's talking about health cures you know because those have been a really big trend on netflix but it is actually about social media and they go into depth about how um, it's affecting society and what they believe the true intentions of the tech industry are. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind. <laughs> Those All are right. my thoughts. <laughs> All right. It blew your mind. <laughs> well, what, what, what particular, like what, what was it that was just uh, eye opening? Well, for me, I mean, a lot of the stuff they were saying, which the people that they interviewed were people that worked for major companies like Google, Facebook, Instagram, um, even Pinterest. Um, And uh, being a social media, whatever manager I am, I know how the algorithms work, but the way they broke them down to actual, like the actual intent behind them um, was was kind of shocking. Like I know algorithms are made to, you know, factor out what your interests are, um, who you interact with most, but all of that is on the basis of, um, getting like ads Mm -hmm. to you. And it's all, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but maybe one of you guys can describe it better, but, 
Um, but yeah, basically we're all products and that's yeah. the reason for the. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that was the thing that um, I, I, the major takeaway I think is understanding that social media, because it's a free thing for us mm -hmm. as a consumer, what it's done is turned us into the product. So mm -hmm. it's not somebody yeah. trying to, to sell uh, anything else. They're trying to sell us um, mm -hmm. on a product. And so like the, the documentary does a good job, I think of highlighting that, especially early in the, the documentary, trying to get us to realize that the, the, the user is the product. Um, and I think they even said at one point that the only two industries that call their consumers users are uh, the drug industry and uh, social media. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, and that's to me, that's pretty telling, I think. Uh, yeah. When they said that, I was like, hello, my name is Kyler Clapp and I'm addicted to Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah. What I, what I was trying to say earlier is basically like you were saying, um, we're the product and every time we like something or we follow somebody new, um, we aren't just trying to connect with people. We're giving away bits of our information and that's yeah. all the information they're collecting to get us to buy into this, uh, whatever this is more and more. Yeah. Even to the point of, you know, they, they can take our data and know that such and such company will pay, you know, 0.35 cents. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, for their, their item to get put in front of us, um, that that's, Love that. um, but so Kyle, uh, you know, you're a resident, non-active social media person. I don't know if you're anti, I don't know what your official stance is, but be anti. It sounds um, cooler. Yeah. You've been off it for over a year. So watching a documentary like this and taking things that you've learned, um, what, what, what did you see out of it? Yeah, I would say I started off definitely not anti. Like back last July, um, I was like, no, no, I'm not anti. Like, it was, this is it was solely for me, like only for me. And then I slowly, you just become. I mean, when you when your screen time goes from five hours a day down to under an hour a day, you got <laughs> four other hours that you're observing mm -hmm. a lot more than you normally do. And so I was just able to see a lot of the and a lot of these things that. that the effects are it's having on other people. Social media is having on other people, but I was never really able to put facts or data. Like I never researched anything about it. I was just even just within talks with me and my wife, I'd be like, "Oh, that's because you were looking at whatever for too long and um, whatever." Um, I was like, "A lot of this stuff does not matter at all," and I stopped. I stopped caring about a lot of things that, and it didn't change my life one mm -hmm. bit. Like. Nothing started being crushed or anything. Something I did, um, and I know I was, we were going to talk about this, I started reading this book, The Ten Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. started reading it the same week that uh, Social Dilemma came out. And then Jared Lanier, he's, on, he's in the documentary, The White Dude with Dreads. Um, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he talks a little bit more about in the book the difference between uh, marketing you know, if you talk about marketing up until this point, marketing's been around for hundreds of years, mm -hmm. you know, ads and um, marketing in some sort of way, but it's always just been these major pitches have been, you work on a pitch and you send it out to everyone, the same pitch. And some people are going to fall for it. Other people are not. And that's how you determine the success of the pitch and everything. And see, he talks about the problem. What happens now is they're, they're only, 
these algorithms are only working on one pitch and it's for you and that's it. And so your feed looks like nobody else's feed at all. And um, just talks about the division that that causes. The um, one of his arguments is that it's um, social media is causing you to lose your free will. That's his first argument, and he goes into the the data and the facts behind it. Um, one of the things I love that he says in there is "Welcome to the cage that goes everywhere with you." Okay, and um, it talks about the 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 content you see, and it even how these algorithms are, I mean, they're not, I mean, they're not sentient or anything like that, you know, like yet. they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> not yet. But I mean, but he also talks about how some like people don't, humans have created them with the math, but they don't understand how they yeah. work fully. Mm-hmm. And um, a handful of people might get lucky and understand how they work. And he talks about um, how these algorithms are so good at making you think you are picking what you are watching when in reality they could they could probably guess 99 times out of 100 exactly mm-hmm. what you would pick if they set something before you. And um, just talks about how that means that whoever's in charge of these algorithms is able to decide what you see and even what you choose, um, not just what you see because you're on Facebook, but they'll be able to decide what websites you go to yeah. based off of you seeing someone else's Facebook post. They know that if you see oh if you see this person's Facebook post then that means you, later you'll go to this website, yeah. and it's just when it gets down to those levels it's like wow we really are losing our f- free will our ability to think freely freely about anything to think to disagree he I mean he talks about a lot of these things that we've talked about our ability to disagree with someone without demonizing them, and um, he talks a lot about how you know maybe it's just part of the human condition though because. Back in the 70s when they were first getting networks up, you know, like the ARPANET and all that fun stuff, um, developers would have to uh, get on there and comment about things that needed to be changed, like in the code. And he would he said even then when all these different developers were commenting and you could see other developers' comments, people started trying to get in arguments with people and one-up people and making people mad and causing this division and anxiety. And he saw it back then in the mm-hmm. 70s. And he said there's something about the human condition that's always leans towards negative. Like these algorithms thrive off negativity. Yeah. Like not not because the algorithm's made to show you the most negative thing, but because humans love to respond and react to the most negative yeah, things. Yeah, we we and so we have long been. I mean, definitely since mass media has been around, um, you know, we've been long conditioned to embrace outrage, and it's it's yep. you know even the people who like would say at their core they're not they're not angry or they don't like to pick fights or they don't like confrontation. There's something in our brain that if we, if we see something that causes outrage, it's, it get, makes us want to act on it. And so now these, yeah. these algorithms have gotten so good at, and unfortunately kind of what the, the documentary showed me that I hadn't really thought about is there are such hate groups or, or groups that, that they've literally made a business model off of outrage that they're the ones jumping on these algorithms to say, okay, you responded to this tweet or that, that Facebook post or that video. And so now we're going to sell our own items of outrage to get you even more outraged. So that way you'll see more of our content. Um, you know, and I thought yeah. just the, the well, idea that there's business built on outrage, 
um, you know, in yeah. the social media sphere and like how these people, especially in Facebook, it seems like, um, because they respond to something and all these news stories and all these videos get thrown in their face that they don't vet them out to, to see like, is this real? Is this founded information or is this information that's just built to make me it reinforce my own ideas and, and, and be mad, you know? I was just going to say, and I think that goes back to the systems that they're creating aren't created on, they're not created to be human. Like they don't have the same feelings like we do, you know, you're yeah. saying Kyle. So they just see numbers and they see the stats and they see the popularity. So people are getting pushed, um, all this stuff based around the negativity, like you were saying. Yeah, that's exactly, that's what he says. He says there's no negative feedback, negative posts. They're not being amplified more than positive wins. As far as the algorithms told, it says like the, al- um, he says in here, whether, whether or not positive feedback might, in theory, be more effective. In certain cases, negative feedback turns out to be the bargain feedback, the best choice for business, so it appears more often in social media. Mm-hmm. Basically saying that negative feedback gets more human reaction. And so that's why it becomes, that's why it becomes amplified, because he says, um, like, algorithms engagement is not meant to serve any particular purpose other than its own enhancement. An algorithm is just like, I just want the most engagement possible. Yeah. So it's going to learn what, what's engaged most. And so and it, it says that as a result, we have the amplification of easy emotions. You know, yeah, which outrage. Uh, not having self-control. Outrage is yeah. an easy emotion. No self-control, yeah. blowing up at people, like being angry, arguments. That's yeah. all the easy stuff. It, you, you know, know, it's almost um, like Jesus was on to something. Not to, <laughs> you know, juke this yeah. back into that. But, you know, there are just so many things that, um, you know, I mean, uh, God knows the human condition and he knows more about yeah. it than we do. So, yeah, I think there were, there were things set in motion that were trying to help us, but we've continually like continued to move down this road of, of, you know, being outraged by anything and everything. And, you know, and, and it's not to say that every time you're, you're outraged, it's a bad thing. I mean, there are probably things we can get emotionally upset about, um, but it's just what we don't always know is the social media aspect is is feeding us the outrageous things to keep us interacting, yeah. to keep us engaged. Um, yeah, we're being hypnotized is what he where says. We think, we think and we're the ones choosing. Um, and that's, that's mm-hmm. I think, the most dangerous thing is is we think we're in control. Yeah, and he says hypnosis is a, can be a great tool if you trust the one who's hypnotizing mm-hmm. you. But that's the problem is that we don't even know who's hypnotizing yeah. us. Yeah. And so well, it's it's definitely an enlightening documentary. The kind of the main person to follow is this Tristan Harris who was he worked at Google and um he was some kind of ethicist. Like he, he looked at the ethical side of the way Google approached things and over time he kind of uh got just disenfranchised with, with the, the tactic. So he started this nonprofit called the Center for Humane Technology. And uh, we'll have a link in the, the show notes, but they have a, a page, a resource page that kind of shows you ways that you can try to unplug from social media, ways you can try to, um, you know, do maybe less mental harm to yourself. Because, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I kind of joked on our Slack channel, you know, I was like, well, if we all get rid of social media, like how, how will anyone even know that this podcast exists? <laughs> You know, like, you know, uh, there there are so many ways that we've we've ingrained social media into our everyday lives that if we just sit here and say like, you know, all right, everyone, you need to be done with it, you need to be off of it. Um, I don't know. Like, I I guess to me that's kind of the the next question is well, if we can acknowledge that 
the way social media has been built is bad for humanity. <laughs> like it's bad for our brains and our mm-hmm. mental capacity. It's made for money. Um, and, and that's the only reason it's made. Like if we can acknowledge that, is the answer just get rid of all of it? Is there a, is there a, a path that you can take where it can still be positive? You know, I don't know. I'll refer to it like he gets, he says the same thing. Like he says right now, deleting your social media, that's argument. Cause that's the book. The whole book is the arguments for deleting your social media. So obviously he's, states from the title, his opinion, but, uh, he says deleting your social media is the, the quickest way right now to resist the insanity of our times. And he alludes to the lead, a lead paint analogy that whenever, um, people used lead paint for however long. And whenever people found out like doctors and scientists found out that, Hey, this lead paint is causing major issues. Um, he said people just stopped using lead paint. It was not allowed to be used until a better, like, and they, they developed a better paint that didn't use mm-hmm. lead. Like, mass, it was really quick. He talks about how it was a really, really quick uh, solution. Okay, well, we'll develop a paint that doesn't have lead in it. And it's, it's a, and he kind of talks about social media the same way. He's like the quickest way to, in his opinion, for change, is everyone delete their accounts and something until we can, so we can have the conversation around what does an ethical social mm-hmm. media look like and social media habits? I mean, um, I think we wouldn't be in this situation if like the habits around addiction or the talks around addiction and stuff like that were brought up from the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. um, but we all know like all these companies goals for you to get addicted yeah. to them. And so, um, that that spoke to me in the documentary, like the guy from. Pin- <laughs> I thought it's funny that he was talking about Pinterest, like because he was the CEO of Pinterest or whatever, and he was like, he's like, I spent all day at the office talking about Pinterest, doing Pinterest stuff, and I was at home and I couldn't get off yeah. of it, and my while my family was just like living out their lives, and I was missing it, and I but I was there, but I was missing it, and like I I mean I totally relate to that. That was part of the reason, um, and we've talked about it on here. Like I remember. I'm just missing my kids grow up because I'm sitting there staring at my phone. And, um, so you, I mean, when it comes to little babies, you miss one month from a one month old to a two month old, you've missed, like, if you're not paying attention during that whole month, you've missed so much, you know? And, uh, I think I've said it on here too. Like once I deleted my social media, it was three weeks had gone by and I hadn't taken a picture of any of my kids on my phone. And I was like, Oh, I was only taking pictures for other people Mm -hmm. to see. It was, uh, there was no, I mean, there's a positive and negative. I was spending more time with my kids, so maybe I didn't need to take as many pictures um, so, so that I could look back a year from now and see, oh, look, I took this picture. But at the same time, it was like I wasn't in the moment. And uh, But what spoke to me about the Pinterest guy, I would never be addicted to Pinterest. Pinterest is dumb. Um, <laughs> he was... <laughs> Pinterest is fun. Uh, <clears throat> Anyways. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with that. Pinterest is fine. Um... <laughs> He's like, Mark, he said in the documentary, you know, our kids, they don't get any screen time mm-hmm. at home. None. And um, J- Jaron in this book talks about all the Silicon Valley people he knows, their kids go to these schools that don't allow electronic yeah. devices, famously don't allow electronic devices. And I was like, we've been, we haven't given our kids screen time outside of traditional television, yeah. you know, like they can watch some cartoons, but they don't get a personal device. And I think that's where 
because that's where we saw the big difference. You know, everyone needs to watch TV all the time together. And now everyone has their own content yeah. right in front of them, can watch whatever well, they want. And then they even go... And it's turning us into... Well, they go so far as to talk heads. about how, you know, back in the... We mentioned the 90s earlier. Back in the 80s and 90s, you know, there was Saturday morning TV and the, the federal government that regulated what kind of commercials could be seen between like 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. or something like that, you know, on all the networks. Well, uh, because of cable mm-hmm. TV and because of personal devices and YouTube, like even those filters are gone now. So you can be a four-year-old, five-year-old kid, and, you know, because of something you click on without, you know, no knowledge, you get commercials or you get ads that are definitely not intended for a child. Um, but because you click yeah. on the the right thing, so even those kind of regulations are have devolved. Um, Kyler, what do, what do you think as far as like is there a is there a right way or like is there a way you can you know you're our social media manager, so yeah. you know we're talking about your livelihood here. They yeah I know <laughs> that's why I didn't want to watch the movie. Um, at the end of the movie, they kind of during the credit scene they asked a lot of the people they interviewed if they thought um, it could ever be something. Um, used ethically in the correct way for me you know working for a church organization I do see it as a tool to you know spread the gospel and connect with people that I wouldn't normally have the opportunity to connect with but right now I mean for me it's no just because I see the effects it's having on my generation um on my siblings um I mean kids back in my day back in my day whatever um we were outside playing on bikes but literally i'm this is not an exaggeration like kids are inside playing on their ipads yeah like they're not they're just not doing the same things and um it definitely shows once they read off like the mental illness stats um when it comes to anxiety and depression and the suicide rates now everything has gone up um how toxic yeah uh the social media industry is um so for me i say like kill the whole thing. <laughs> well, I mean, there's just there's so much bad about it um, that that I think any anybody and I mean, obviously, this documentary it's out to hopefully use real facts and 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 to state you know that they have a side, they have an opinion. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's going to have a different opinion, um, oh, you know, and 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 all that kind of stuff. But like at the end of the day, like I mean, I just want people to be aware of, of what's Mm -hmm. happening. You know, they, they asked at the end of the documentary, they asked a lot of the, the panel people, you know, what's the, what's the end scenario here if things don't change. And I think it was the Pinterest guy who was like civil war, like he, you know, like he, he legitimately said, because of where we've created these algorithms have created even more division among, you know, American people on political lines or on, you know, unfortunately religious lines or, or, or whatever that like, if people continue to feed into the the algorithms and feed into uh, let their attention be monetized, um, then like there's definitely no way people are going to turn back to the center. You know, there's no way it's just that divide is going to get get more and more. Um, and I thought that was like, you know, I mean, yeah, that's like, I mean, sounds very dark and disturbed, but it's just like, I mean, you know, what is the next thing? What's the next step? You know, yeah. because it's you know it it it, it it's got to be a way that people can get rid of the devices. Like they have to take control over it. One thing I, I thought, and I think I've probably read this before, um, but I just want to get your guys' opinions. Um, what if, if, if social media were a paid thing? Like, so if I paid for the right to use Instagram, but it gave me total control over what I see, 
would would you be interested at all? Like, and and I know, you know, we could say the blanket statements of oh, people wouldn't do it, but that might be the best thing. But like, if if you paid for your social media, just like you pay for you know your phone bill or whatever, presumably you there's regulations in place with the phone companies. I think somebody brought that up. You know that the phone companies have to go through these regulations, but and you're paying for the privacy through that phone company to to use it. So if social media was set up that way, would you use it? I, that's a tough question. Because to me, if you would have asked me before I saw that movie, I would say to you, I already control what I see. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't pay for it. I barely like having it for free. So I definitely (laughs) wouldn't pay for it. Well, I think we do. I mean, we can remember somewhat of a time not that long ago when algorithms didn't play as much of a part, you know, before when we still had the chronological feed. Yeah. For the most part, mm-hmm. that was just simple, like, especially Instagram, very early yeah. days, Twitter, early days. It was simply whoever you follow, you're going to see that in a chronological order. Twitter would maybe have some ads here and there, but Instagram early had no yeah. ads. It They were just trying to build users. Mm-hmm. And then they sold to Facebook and obviously Facebook, all they care about is selling your soul for money. <laughs> and so, um, right. but, um, uh, but remember, remember a couple of years ago that uh new, I don't even remember what it's called. It started with a V or something, Vero or something yeah. like that social media. And it was going to have like a pro, yeah. like we paid two ninety nine a month. And I mean, it went nowhere because of a bunch of security issues, but, um, I don't know if I would do it either. I think even outside of the controlling what you see, Part of it is the addiction yeah. side of yeah, it. Yeah, that's something we didn't the, even really talk false, about that. The dopamine hits and all the, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I could I could come up with a list of 200 people that I want to follow and want people to follow me. And even though if, even if I'm controlling every single thing and I'm getting the absolute truth and I know exactly what they're saying, I would still have that addiction side where, oh my goodness, I want to post this so that I can get 50 people to hit that like button. Um, I and and uh, he talks, I mean, in this book, he talks about he was blogging for HuffPost for a while. And because of the comments, he started, um, because of trying wanting certain things from the comments or certain feedback, he would write about things sometimes that he didn't even agree with or believe in because he knew yeah. he knew what he would get the best. And I think that's all of us to an extent. Yeah. Like, that's, um, I mean, and that's changing the way kids see themselves. Like, um, and they speak a little bit of that, of that in the, uh, the documentary when the girl's yeah. taking a selfie, she gets a few, she gets a few, li- I mean, she's like, she's trying to make her body look just right. Her face look just right. She gets a couple of likes and she's like, oh, awesome. And then she gets the bad comment about her ears and then it's just, I mean, destroys yeah. her. Like she gets 10 good comments. She gets the one nasty comment and destroys her. And that's happening it's not just social. I mean, that's happening in video games like Fortnite. Yeah. It's happening in any type of chat that is available. That's yeah. happening. Any type of online shared experience, and to be able to start kids off with that so early, I mean, it's it's destroying not only their self esteem, their their likelihood of having anxiety, um, being mm-hmm. depressed, suicidal thoughts. It's also keeping them. And I've I mean I can witness this now more than I even used to, but their ability to learn um like you can easily tell the kids who get who all they do is look at a screen when they're outside of school you can i mean you can point them out within five minutes of the ones who 
their parents are a little more responsible and actually care about what their kids are looking at and consuming constantly. So, well, it's a it's a scary deal. Um, you know, it's a it's a documentary. If it's on Netflix, if you've uh, got the time, I think it's about an hour and a half, so it's not it's not like a long limited series thing, but um, it just brings up some good points that uh, center for humane technology. It brings up some good, good ideas. And like I said, it's got a pretty good resource page, but um, you know, it's just, it, it's still so weird though. I think when you bring it into like a church creative context, the unanswerable question is how do you move forward in that? You know, like Kyler, you said, like you personally, you're like done with it, but yet you can see a way that it, it, it can be useful in, in helping interact with people and spreading the gospel. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like even, I mean, let's be super positive here at the end of the day, I don't even know how, how useful is that? You know, like, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the question, um, that, you know, we've been talking about it before, before this documentary. I think it just, you said off air, Kyle, it kind of added facts. It took away the spiritual side of it. You know, it definitely wasn't trying to Mm -hmm. push a spiritual agenda, um, but it just gives data and facts and people who built it, like, so they know what they were doing when they built it. Uh, Which is something Christians are notoriously bad at being able to provide, is data and facts. It's true. Well, it just feels, it just feels like, it just feels like, it feels like this, it feels like this. Well, it does feel like that. And you know why you're feeling like that? Because of this data and these yeah. facts. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just a, it helps to have a well-rounded approach. Um, one thing I wanted to, for years I had been like, because the defense of social media use, used by, you know, pastors or churches or whatever, it's always been like, oh, well, social media is just a tool. I'm going to use every tool yeah. available. And he talks a little bit about that in the book too, where it's like, well, I started off as a tool, but like when you have a tool, say you have a hammer, that hammer's job is to hit in nails. Um, you can use that hammer to bust a skull in. <laughs> yeah. But he's also, but so you can use that, you can use that tool for bad things, yeah. yes. that hammer for bad things, but also that hammer doesn't all the, doesn't, it always stays wherever you left it, wherever you put it. You don't, you're not like take brushing your teeth in the morning and all of a sudden you see that hammer is already yeah. right there. Like he's like, that's, that's the difference. Like social media is not just a tool. Good. It's watching you. It's, uh, it's tracking your location. Um, like whenever it knew that in the documentary, it knew that that girl was close to him. So it pushed it since it knew she was close to him. It pushed him a notification mm-hmm. about yeah. her. And it's like, that yeah. doesn't happen with tools. That's not what tools yeah. do. Mm. And so it's a manipulation device. He calls them bummer devices in this book. He, the bummer is an acronym, but uh, it's both a great, great documentary. Read this book. I haven't finished it. Ten but my hand. <laughs> well, Kyler, what are, kind of closing thoughts? What are your thoughts uh, on all this? Um, uh, closing thoughts. Um, check yourself. If you're going to Instagram for the likes, you're there for the wrong reason, and you're probably addicted. Um, but really, also, it's a distraction, and double check what has your attention. Because I know for me. Um, the majority of the time social media was having like was taking my attention mm-hmm. off of things that really matter and I was wondering why I was growing stagnant in like my relationship with the Lord and with things I felt like he was calling me to do and he was like you've been on your phone and I was like oh my bad yeah so well, do what you need to do yeah I, th- I think that's great and I think even creatively speaking um, 
you know, Kyle, you mentioned the the four extra hours you had, you know, once you, you quit social media. And I mean, I think we can all think of these moments when if we just get away from our phones for a time, like how prolific we can be creating things, whether it's assigned work or whether it's working on our own stuff, you know, um, yeah, I, Kyler, I've sent you a couple things I made, you know, just sitting on my back porch because the weather's nice. I was like, I'm going to put my phone mm-hmm. up. And, you know, I'm just going to design a couple things and procreate. And I don't care if they get used. That's when she hated them, right, yeah. though? She, she hated, hated them. them. She actually told me that. Hideous. She said these are the worst. And But the, the, <laughs> the thing is, like, that's if you're not doing it for social media, if, you, if it's not an assigned right. work, um, right. you know, you're just, just getting the work out. And it, it doesn't have to have a result of, of everyone loving it. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay if it's yeah. not good. It's okay yeah. if it's, you know, it's not intended for everybody. It's just intended to get the work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't do that if you're stuck on your phone, scrolling through the feed and, you know, watching Antifa yeah. videos and um, yeah. alt-right Stop videos. Stop living for the likes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, man, this is so good. This was so wonderful. I think we've uh, picked up, you know, probably 10 or 12 social media followers during this time. So. Oh, no. <laughs> Final thoughts. Don't buy the crazy art brand okay crayola crazy all the art. way boo crazy art <laughs> you know who's been getting into the the crayon game though is Bic, really? and they make some good products is all i How gotta say <laughs> anywho they don't they don't put they don't wrap them in paper and so it's just you can use the crayon all the way wow. down uh, and it's about time somebody did that yeah that's actually pretty smart yeah you don't have to peel the paper uh, Bic. Bic. uh well kyler uh, any last thoughts from you before we get out of here about what? Anything, life. I mean, I would, but life. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I really uh, would. Uh, next podcast. Next podcast. Well, um, you have to go. It's mm-hmm. she's got to go. Well, uh, listener, we we hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we hope that uh, you know you'll at least consider how you're spending your time on your phone and your social media accounts and all of that Deleted. jazz. Um, we'll be back. Do not follow <laughs> Do us. Not follow Don't us. follow us. Um, we're gonna start uh, taking out newspaper ads. So um, you know, subscribe to your local oh, that's newspaper. That's so awesome. And uh, you'll start seeing ads for our next gatherings and, and podcasts and things like that. So um, because of some travel uh, next week, we'll, we'll, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. But um, until then, uh, the uh, unparalleled Kyler Clapp says adieu. And b- b- never mind. Wow. there was. <laughs> Incomparable. <laughs> Incomparable. And the one and only in our eyes, Kyle Lee. Uh, You just got peeved. peeved. (laughs) uh, We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back in a couple weeks, and we'll see you then.